she was my grade four, five, and six teacher. And yes, I was in her class for a couple of years for those grades, but she really did instill in me what community engagement was all about. We used to bake cookies for firefighters, walk over and do field trips. And she taught us how to persevere through the rainy weather storms while doing bottle drives and what that really means to give back. Welcome to The Journey Here, a podcast that profiles the stories of community builders from all walks of life. I'm your host, Steve Dooley. My guest today is Rochelle Prasad, the founder and executive director of the thriving nonprofit called Spark Foundation. Uh, Welcome, Rochelle. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's good. I've been looking forward to this. It's really great to see you and to talk a little bit about your work. My goodness, you've done so much. And I know you're um, currently an SFU student, just about to graduate, are you? I am. Yeah, this is my last term. And I actually got into SFU's PDP program for teachers. So I will be coming back. Oh, that's excellent. So what are you studying right now? Currently, I'm finishing up my Bachelor of Arts and uh, majoring in political science and double minoring in good old social justice and education and curriculum and instruction. Well, and I know you do a lot of that in your own personal work. So I'm glad to see that your education is really aligned with uh, the work that you've been doing in the community. But before we get into um, your work, which is absolutely amazing and profound, I do want to kind of get to know you as a person first. And just to do that, um, as a younger person, now, listen to me, <laughs> as a younger person, you're still a young person, uh, but even younger person, who are the influences on your life? And if you can kind of connect the dots between kind of growing up as a young person and where you are today, uh, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, for sure. This is a great reflective piece for me. And I love remembering where my roots came from. For me, a personal moral is that it takes a village to raise a child and reflecting on that Uh, just makes me feel at whole again. So going back basically to the first chapter of my community service work and uh, giving back, I feel like a couple influences in my life were definitely teachers in elementary school and high school. These are teachers that are, yes, educators, but also they served as mentors to myself and as community role models, specifically a teacher named Miss Dillon. She was my grade four, five, and six teacher and Yes, I was in her class for a couple of years for those grades, but she really did instill in me what community engagement was all about. We used to bake cookies for firefighters, walk over and do field trips. And she taught us how to persevere through the rainy weather storms while doing bottle drives and what that really means to give back and uh, be connected. And then pivoting to high school years, another influence for me was definitely two amazing brothers that started an organization um, that I ended up going on two trips with to Ecuador and Kenya and they inspired me in the fact of how young they were. I think they were 11 and 12 when they started this organization and how far they've come and lastly of course it has to be my family and the influence they've had on my journey. I wouldn't be able to travel the world. I wouldn't be able to go to school. I wouldn't be able to do amazing things that I get the opportunity to do, such as keynotes and teach kids without the support of my family and them helping me to cook meals when I come back home. So it's great to have them. So if you wouldn't mind, tell me a little more about your family. Who, who, who are we talking about here? And Maybe just maybe a little more about what they did to influence you because uh, yeah, 
they did an amazing job yeah. whatever they did yeah they did i don't know what they put in my milk but i turned out perfectly <laughs> fine <laughs> yeah, that's a joke we always have but i am fijian so that's my background and my family is they're all pacific islanders so they're from Fiji. And uh, when I talk about my family, I'm talking about my grandma who now lives here in Canada, my mom, my dad, my younger sister, our dog, and my partner. Yeah. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Dog is called Bear. And oh boy, is he a big bear. Big bear. Wow. And so Miss Dylan, you're baking cookies in grade four and five and six, oh, yeah. you said? Yeah, all those, all three grades. That's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, are you still in touch with her? I definitely am. She's definitely one of my mentors today. And going into the teaching field myself, I definitely call her up and text her and say, hello, how's it going? Okay, perfect. So um, before we get into talking about Spark, what inspired you to first start getting into volunteering? And did anybody say, <laughs> slow down, you're trying to do too much? Yes, yes, yes. And yes to both. Who really impacted me to get into volunteering? Yeah, it was my teacher and definitely my parents. It's that baking cookie story. I felt, yes, really good helping others and um, being involved in the community. But one part of that story is I felt like I belonged, that this was my spot, that I was comfortable communicating with others that were outside of my bubble and helping them and vice versa. And I thought that, hey, this is maybe something I can pursue if this is a value of mine. Um, kindness and respect and honesty that I really love right now let's see what I could build this into and that sort of perked my curiosity and okay let's start to volunteer even more baking cookies is great let's see if I could organize yeah ball drives in elementary school and or um, I had this season of my life where I thought I was a crime stopper and <laughs> it was a great good old middle school years you know grade five to grade eight and I used to gather all my friends and say, okay, well, what are the RCMP needing help on now? Let's see what we can do. And uh, we used to see what articles were around that were efficient to youth. If it was someone that was in trouble around our age, we would call the youth engagement people up and say, hey, can we help on this case? So it was things like that. Um, but long story short, what ignited my flame for Spark was definitely these experiences and teachers being involved in my life. So I was learning what my morals and values were from a young age, um, learning through these experiences, networking, and then figuring out the gaps in our society and in the community that I was raised in. And I realized that a gap that I could identify with my friends was life education and soft skills was not being taught in high schools. And I was able to figure this out by attending a lot of leadership conferences and mm -hmm. driving home from those leadership conferences in grade uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and realizing that all I remembered was the food that I ate and maybe the keynote speaker's first name. <laughs> That's when I realized nothing was going in and I was probably not alone. So I wanted to change the moral of that story. Wow. And, and you talked to, uh, uh, earlier you talked about you and your friends. I, I'm curious about you and your friends in this work. And, you know, I'm going to be blunt about this. Sometimes Sometimes people think of younger people, labeling younger people that they're, you know, self-centered and they're all about kind of having fun at parties and stuff like that. Yeah. Sounds like you found a, your tribe of people who just wanted to care and give back. Yeah, right on. These friends are one of a kind, let me tell you. We did, we did know some of those friends who didn't choose the same path as we did, but how I found these friends, it's a very interesting story. It's it's literally being myself and falling within the right group and knowing that my morals are good. And that's how I found these other people. And when you're in elementary and high school, 
really think about what motivates you to get up in the morning and do school and do life. Once you find that, once you find that good and positivity, you'll be able to find the right friends that also align with that vision of yours as well. And that's how I found my friends. I was a crazy maniac who loved leadership and volunteering. And by accident, well, one of the friends I found by accident by bumping into her and she fell down. I helped her with a shoelace, but that's a story for later I'll touch on. Uh, <laughs> but besides that, all of my other friends are literally from these groups. They're from these activities that I took part in, these uh, courageous moments where I didn't want to go to a leadership conference because I was scared on how old I may be or how people may perceive me by, but I went anyway and I found these amazing people. Oh, that's very cool. And I have to, uh, I might embarrass you a little bit here, I don't mean to, but I have to share with our listeners that in our pre-meeting before we started the podcast, there was such a strong sense of your humility and authenticity in the work that you do, because you, you told me, please don't mention all the awards that I've won, and I won't, but uh, in the media work you've done, you're so much sought after as a, as a person who is legitimate and authentic in this space, but for you, it's not about the accolades or anything, it's about the work. It definitely is. And thank you for mentioning that. That means a lot. Okay. Now let's get into Spark. Tell us a little bit about the Spark Foundation, what it does, how you started it, where it is now. Uh, yeah, just kind of tell our listeners who might not know anything about it, what it is. For sure. I'll tell you the whole nine yards and a summarized version because it may take us a couple of days. But <laughs> the summarized version is, remember when I talked about finding gaps in society and the community and one of the gaps I found with my friends was life education and soft skills which for our listeners here today means things like finding your inner leader from doing your income taxes to figuring out budgeting, all those skills, or even how to create morals and good values. These things, unfortunately, were missed when I was growing up in elementary and high school. I totally understand. And the friends and I, when we were talking about this gap, were very understandable to the sense where we know that teachers try their best to educate. Parents try our best to bring up their children, but sometimes there are still gaps and uh, sometimes systems are just overwhelmed and these things do get left behind. And that's where the foundation of Spark really sparked until, until one day I was walking down the hallway with all of these ideas and talking to my friends and figuring out the gaps. I bumped into a poor soul. She was going 50 miles an hour in a hallway. We collided and her shoelace was untied and she fell and I felt so bad. This is in grade nine. And I asked her, uh, let me let me help you with your books. Let's pick up your books. Um, let's tie your shoelace. Let's get you. Do you need first aid? I really did trip you. And she said, no, it's okay. And her name was Amin. And that is how I met my co-founder, Amin, in our high school hallways by accident, which is totally okay sometimes. But what happened from there was truly amazing. We learned about each other, what classes we were in, uh, knowing that we were both clumsy, what else that we were up to. And we found out that we're both very passionate about helping others and I got her involved in conferences she was my conference and leadership buddy for the next couple of years and we um after one conference one day it was up at UBC here we came back home and we said hey but the conference was okay it was all right you know they tried their best uh what is something we can do to enhance what we just learned so instead of throwing a conference we said let's kidnap 10 of our closest best friends with their parents permission so it's not really kidnapping and let's throw a camp. And in grade 10, we put on a leadership camp for 15 of our closest friends. We had no idea, Steve, what policies were, what procedures were. We literally said, give us 20 bucks each. Let's go cook some food, <laughs> talk about leadership. 
and we prayed to all of our gods that we would survive and come home Sunday evening to our parents and that's exactly what happened and Monday came around and the 3 p.m. bell rang for our school and you know after school kids talk even in university we all go in our bubbles and you hear what's going on and all we heard was this camp that people went on all of our friend groups and their friends were talking about action plans that they talked about or plans that they actually are going to implement the next day or people they're going to get involved and how they're going to make a difference and Amin and I stood there in the hub of Queen Elizabeth that's where we went and we looked around and said wow we just created something pretty epic and it's creating a ripple effect here what do you want to do what's our next move and we decided to make it a school club as most kids do in high school and then in university I was introduced to Simon Fraser's Venture Connections which is such a cool program let me tell you and got accepted in that incubator and turned it into a full-fledged nonprofit. and here we are today so first of all you do workshops you do camps a lot of community programming mm-hmm. um can you tell us a little bit about the breadth of what you've done like how many years has spark foundation actually existed yeah three facts for you since 2014 so i believe it's been about six and a half years we've impacted over a hundred thousand students across canada through workshops, camps, community engagement events, and our whole aim here is to empower the next generation through life education. And we've done over 500 workshops, camps every year, so about 10 now. Since the pandemic, we've put on online conferences. Uh, We've raised over $75,000 with community engagement events, all going back to local nonprofits and charities. Okay, you're gonna have to repeat that number again for our listeners because it's so impactful. How many students across Canada? Over 100,000 and counting. Wow. How do you do it across Canada? Is it like a train the trainer model where you train other people to deliver it? Or are you going across the country delivering all of this? Well, three different things are going on here. So through Spark, we have our workshops, which are online. So kids are participating in this, implementing their action projects into the community. And the second thing is they do hire myself and or our organization to go there and give keynotes and workshops, as well as it's literally, we have this amazing program and props to the team for creating this. It's called the Volunteer Ambassador Program. And it's this whole online module where kids learn the importance of volunteering. They network with kids from all over Canada and they give back together as a group wherever they are. Wow. Can you tell me a little bit more about the connection with Venture Connection? <laughs> so I know that program quite well. It's an amazing program that is at the Surrey campus of, uh, of SFU. Um, tell us a little bit of what, what it is actually, and then what you got out of it. What it is, it's a huge family that is there to support you. It's made out of students and faculty, and it's literally crazy change makers and or people who would like to become crazy change makers that own businesses or want to start up businesses. And, or if you just are in the startup phase, they take you in and they give you all these amazing free kindness of a bundle resources, such as mentorship. Um, an office space for you to use and just just everything you can ever imagine free free resources for accounting for literally everything I, the list can go on and on and it's it's such a great resource to have um, especially they also have something called the eco-op program which students at SFU can take to work on their business you get paid to work on your business while all that mentorship is going on it's it's literally just a beauty of a program and when did you when were you in in mentor connection uh, Venture Connection, I was in there from 20, oh, I have to think about this. It was 2018 fall, I believe, to 20, 
21 last semester. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just curious, how has, um, you know, we're in this pandemic right now. How has uh, COVID impacted your work? Has it? Since all of our programs used to be on the ground, so workshops, camps, community agent events, it took us five days to pivot, put everything online, retrain everyone, get our policies and procedures, along with other nonprofits here locally, and get that up and running. Um, it was definitely a large challenge for not only us, but a lot of other nonprofits like us, especially since we're youth for youth, which means we are definitely young people serving young people. And that also comes with our student life, our personal lives, and reorganizing that as well. So yes, pivot is the right word here. So what is the, you're talking about other nonprofits. I'm just curious, do you engage a lot with other nonprofits around your work? Yes, we do all the time. For Spark, we believe in collaboration and that's one of our values. If we have a community event, let's collaborate on it. If there's a workshop, subcontract and collaborate. We believe that we're always better together. Do you have any particular example you could share of that? Yeah, for sure. We just, well, about, let's say five months ago now, if my timelines are correct, we did a large project where we made over 800 backpacks for low-income families and the homeless population. 400 went to each population approximately. We had 200 meals to frontline workers and some other good stuff in there too. And we partnered with nine local organizations and on that list was Phoenix Society, Diversity, Atira Society, um, and just a bunch of other local ones. And we were together, we were able to build them together, fund them and send them off to the people who need them the most. Wow. And are you doing any work with Surrey schools? Yes. All of our workshops and camps, they always get first pick. Those students are brilliant. And whichever ones they'd like, we're normally the first ones to go in there and subcontract away and or host them on the ground when safe. Especially some of our care packages do go to a couple of elementary schools here locally. Hmm. And so you talked about working with people living in poverty and with the backpacks and so on. Uh, any other um, kind of at-risk groups uh, of youth that you, you've touched and, and connected with? Yeah, for us at Spark, it's newcomers and refugees and uh, just low-income youth that just need a little bit of support or boost in life in general and youth that are within the SAFE program with the city of Surrey and or youth that are somewhat in our society would deem it as the wrong and or undeemed positive path. Hmm. Wow, that's really, really impressive. So um, how long do you see this going? Yeah, I see this going forever, to be honest. With me being their CEO or AD, probably, a couple more years and they have some amazing candidates behind me that will definitely carry on the torch, but I can see this going on forever. We have our eye on a building here on University Drive. So hopefully we can claim that and call it our home for a long time. Well, that's fantastic. So it sounds like you have some succession planning to kind of make sure that it keeps going forward. Right on. Right. And so where do you, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? How about, how about we, let me rephrase it. Yeah. We do another podcast in 10 years. What are we talking about? All right. We're talking about, oh my goodness, a, a lot. Uh, my plan here is to go into teaching, be a principal here for a bit. And I am actually running for the next municipal election. So that's going to be a huge phase in my life as well, as well as working with the UN five to seven years from now. I'm calling that my retirement plan. So what are we talking about 10 years from now? We're talking about a two-time author a politician, the UN ambassador of Canada, maybe, hopefully, 
but we're talking about a lot of policy, a lot of sustainable development goals, and a lot of youth engagement. Boy, you've opened up a lot of doors of other things to talk <laughs> about, but let's talk first of all about the, uh, I do want to come back to running for council. I find that really interesting. Yes. Um, you're talking about two-time author. Well, you're already a first-time author. Yes. With your book, Because We Can. Yes. Like, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> uh, tell me about that. Yes, I'll tell you about that, and then I'll drop I'll drop another bomb, a secret bomb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because we can was released in 2019 March, and that book was definitely for young people, so ages 14 to 20, 21. And it's about finding how to discover your own morals, your own values. If you don't have anyone to guide you, um, the book is there for you to reflect, to guide you on, as well as if you already have strong good morals and values, it's a reversal book as well for those just to empower themselves to inspire other people. And it's that book is about my journey, but as well as how to encompass yourself um, in today's society and how to make a difference. And in saying that, two-time author, I'm writing a children's book currently with my partner, and it's soon to be released in a couple months from now. What's it about? It's, it's called, it's so, it's a cute one. It's called Good Boy Bear. And it's actually about- Your dog. <laughs> yeah, the dog named Bear. And it's, it's literally about teaching little kids about kindness, courage, and companionship and how that looks like in our society today. So, um, you know, you don't have to, people often do book tours on, on radio shows and podcasts. This is your time if you want to plug them. Can people get, um, Because We Care, is it available? Yeah, they can get because, because we, we can. can. Sorry, there we go. <laughs> Close enough. It's all good. They can get because we can. It's on Amazon. Um, chapters Indigo. It's if you type it in, you'll find a summer. Uh, that's amazing. And then we'll we'll look forward to the next book. My goodness, amazing. You were talking earlier that you want to run for uh, the next civic election. As I said, I wish you all the best. Are you doing anything right now with the city of Surrey that comes to mind? Yes, awesome question. And thanks for the insight there as well. I used to be a city Surrey employee for three and a half years and volunteering with them and unfortunately got laid off for good reasons. I wanted to join the community service committee with the city of Surrey. And it's an honor to be on that committee currently where we focus on uh, policy when it comes to community engagement, enhancing life for young people and how to really make this a healthy, thriving city. And I'm very honored to say I'm the only youth on the committee, but as well as we need more youth to apply. A lot of young people don't know that there's committees here that the city of Surrey has, and we have over 500,000 people, over half a million people living here in the city of Surrey and growing. We're about to be one of the largest cities in BC by population. And it's, yeah, it's just, we need more young people up there. We need more people that are driving this energy and driving this, making a difference when it comes to our city. So if you're a young person listening, sign up for a committee when the time comes and you're get, get ready to be more involved in civic politics. This is your home. And we all have mentioned that the future lives here. This is our logo. So let's own up to it. Nice. And what's it like being on that committee as the only younger person? <laughs> The dynamics are so odd, but so good. I throw them challenging questions, a lot of blank faces, but it's a lot of critical conversations as well. It's it's so funny. Great. Well, that's I bet you make a huge contribution to that committee. <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, any any other projects that, that you're currently working on? Uh, currently working on. I am currently just working on myself. To be honest, a lot of the time I am working on helping others, which is always great. And currently I'm focusing on just enhancing myself and who I am and taking care of my mental health. So it's right now I'm applying for a master's, um, writing a, another book, which is a personal project for me, which hopefully I can share with everyone else, which I will. 
and as well as just concentrating on my mental health and get ready for the election, which is 500 days away. So you mentioned a couple of times there, taking care of my mental health. Has that been something that you've been working on quite a bit, or is that just something that you do in an ongoing way? Well, recently, it's been something I've been doing more often. Hmm. Before, during the pandemic, it's something that I would do maybe every second day or every third day, but now I've just made it mandatory for me. It's like, nope, get up, do your 10 minutes of reflection, make sure to go for a walk, make sure to go do some exercise, maybe at the gym or go for a hike. Um, and that's how I take care of my mental health. It's really just making sure I'm not busy all the time in my mind and, and or physically and making sure I have that. Um, I'm also a musician, so it's having that time to be uh, critically artsy, as I like to call it, or just reflect on my mental health. What kind of... Um musician i started off at piano then went to guitar play a little bit of percussion saxophone and my mains right now are guitar and piano that's amazing so let's talk election are you um are you running on your own or are you running with a group or maybe you can't share any of that yet is it too soon it's i'm not i'm sworn to secrecy let's just say that all, okay. all i can say for now is you can definitely find me on that voting sheet when the time comes well i wish you all the best in that Thank you. I'm not sure how to ask this, but you're doing so, so much. <laughs> uh, do you ever worry about burnout? Yeah, all the time. That's something that I need to program into myself too. I, I used to burn out a lot in high school just because I thought I liked being really active. I just didn't know how to control that until university hit and then I figured out, okay, time management is a thing. Need to, need to plan everything out, need to put in my activities. And that's why I avoid burnout, to be honest. It's time management, um, mindfulness in the mornings or whenever I need to take a break. And that's, yeah, so I don't really burn out anymore. Excellent, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, you kind of alluded to being in university. I, I'm just curious about how being in university has informed your Spark Foundation work, or maybe it's vice versa, how Spark has informed your university work. It's definitely been vice versa. I loved my time at, I used to go to Trinity Western University before I transferred to SFU and both institutions are so great. I'm gonna focus a little bit more on SFU here today. Um, so Spark has helped me in my schoolwork and learning since it's literally bringing the community for me into the classroom. And that's also what SFU is about. Between my poli-sci degree and my minors in social justice education, taking actual cases that I've worked on or actual conversations I've had with youth and learning the now theories and the policies behind them has set my brain on fire in the best way possible. It's just so passionate driven about that work and vice versa. In my last couple of semesters, especially the one I'm in currently, I'm learning about um, educational policy as well as uh, a lot of theory when it comes to a political science and um, running elections, things like this. So it's helping me learn about how to best prepare for my my future careers and my path. So vice versa. Mm, that's great. And and so you're going into PDP as well? I am in September. And that will be at SFU Surrey? That will be at SFU Surrey, I hope. I picked SFU Surrey. <laughs> well, excellent. So we're, we're getting to sort of near the end here. Um, it's been great, great talking to you, but is there anything else that I didn't cover in, I mean, there's probably so much that I didn't cover because there's so much here uh, in your amazing, amazing journey that, that you've been on. But is there anything else you wanna share with our, with our listeners? Yeah, two things. Number one, 
If you want to be as crazy as me, remember that your mental health matters and time management is a thing. Number two, you don't need to be as crazy as me, but remember that age doesn't matter when it comes to making a difference. Well said. Well, thank you, Rochelle. And I think we will have to do this again in 10 years, maybe even <laughs> a couple of years, just to kind of connect with you and find out where you've, where you've gone with your journey and uh, in, in the, this amazing work that you're doing on behalf of the community. Thank you so much for being with us today. Sounds good to me. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Journey Here. We hope you'll join us again on our next episode for more stories of people making an impact in their community. You can find The Journey Here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.